2: My, oh my, what a loaded show on a Wednesday. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always by the GM, Saul Bookman, and Saul, we got a very special guest today.
1: Absolutely, man. I'm hyped about this guy, man, for real.
2: Absolutely. Let me introduce Senior NFL Draft Analyst for the Draft Network. He's a 2019 national champ with the LSU Tigers, LSU football Tigers, when he was the lead of personnel, Mr. Keith Sanchez. Keith,
0: thanks for jumping on today. Oh, what's up, man? How y'all doing? Man, that's an
1: intro right there, man.
0: I know. I, I like it. That might be my <laughs> best one thus far, uh, being on this media side. So I might have to hire Johnny to introduce him. Yeah. We there aim to go. please. <laughs>
2: we aim to please, Keith. We're super fired up. This is a big day for the Cardinals uh, because really... They're struggling right now, in the oh, perspective dude, of a lot of fans.
1: Guy, we got to fill some holes in the draft. All the time, always we got our draft expert here. falling every single day. It's going to be all right, Johnny. I keep telling you, come back off the ledge. It's all right. I
2: can't. I can't do it. Before we talk the nuts and bolts of the Cardinals in the draft, Keith, would you mind just giving us a little insight how you got into the scouting game?
0: Um, from college perspective or with the Draft Network?
2: Uh, draft Network.
0: Yeah, draft with the network. draft network. Yeah, okay. So, um, I I left LSU at the beginning of the twenty twenty one season. So right before this season started, um, it just kind of had a change of heart of you know what direction I wanted to go with my football career, just working in football. Um, so after that, I left. Initially, it was to go to law school. Um, you know just because of everything happening with the NIL stuff i knew there was going to be a lot of change right and if i was going to better myself and just to understanding getting the grasp of college football um i thought having an in-depth understanding of contractual law would really help me and benefit me so that was part of my reasoning in leaving um and then in leaving, I knew that I still wanted to work in football, right? Like I knew that, you know, that's where my heart was, that where my passion was, and then just having that, I guess you would say transition, right, just staying in football because it's one of those things, if you if you get out of tune with it for two, three years, the, the game has totally changed, right? So I just wanted to make sure that I stayed intertwined with everything. So uh, me and the Draft Network had conversations. I sat down with our director of scouting, Kyle Krabs, and he talked about their process because I knew leaving LSU – Um, and, you know, just the caliber that we were operating in, I wanted to go to a company that had that same caliber, right, like just had a championship standard of performance, a championship mindset, and that's what the Draft Network has, so just the process of scouting at the Draft Network was very similar to, um, I guess, processes that I've seen within NFL front front offices and also in college football, so I was like, you know what, this is a pretty good um, fit for me, and then along came the media part of it, too, which was brand new for me, which was something I wasn't used to, but I'm, I'm enjoying it thus far.
1: You know, Keith, you know, that's quite a journey that you just had going from, you know, uh, personnel over at LSU. And I'm sure the evaluation process, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different when you're maybe scouting uh, high schoolers coming into the college game versus college game, going to the NFL. What is the biggest difference that you notice between the two outside, obviously, just the, the youth and inex- inexperience?
0: Man, so college to the NFL, I would say, is probably more scheme-specific. Like, you really have to make sure these players are going to good situations. Like, you, I feel as though – and we've seen that with Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, there's no for-sure prospect. Like, you can damn near ruin any prospect if you put them in a bad situation, and that's just because the, the caliber of talent in the NFL is so high. So you, you have to surround them with pieces. So I think that's been the biggest thing with college to NFL, than high school to college – the biggest thing is that these kids grow, right? Like like you get a kid and they may come in there at five ten and they may leave at six 3 or something. Like depending on who their mother or father was. So just trying to project where these kids will fill out. I mean we've had safeties come in LSU that'll be six one 190 pounds and it's like okay that kid moves really well then they get in the weight room put on some weight you know get that grown man physique to him and then they leave there at 235 and they can't run nowhere near the same <laughs> way and so you you know you kind of have to project it like okay like is this guy going to get too big so it's it's two different i guess angles you have to approach it
2: keith i want to get your opinion on something that is very much a hot button topic here in the valley kyler murray all things kyler murray Uh, From your outsider's (laughs) perspective now, because we've watched a lot of teams, quarterback purgatory. This is it's not, you know, unknown that this draft class at quarterback, not great. Uh, And the Cardinals are in a position where I feel like they're in a a hamstrung. They got to pay their young quarterback. What would you do with Kyler
0: Murray right now? Would you pay him?
2: Would you let it play out? What do you think?
0: Man, this is so tough because I so I've been listening to I guess you would say mainstream media and you know some people's perception has been that the Arizona Cardinals have leverage in this situation as far as the front office. Um, but I don't think so. Like I, I think Kyler has a lot of leverage. Like you drafted him number one overall, and this team is essentially built around him. Like you hire your head coach because of him, like you know, because they they come from similar offenses. So Kyler has a lot of Leveraging this, so um man, just I'm, I'm gonna get to the pain of part first, but I, I kind of wanted to talk about the the situation within the GM, the head coach, and him. I thought it was very interesting that they paid the GM and the head coach, and you know, extended them. And it was in the midst of Kyler Murray saying, "I'm unhappy," and I doubt that he would have went through all of that just to get his GM and his head coach paid, right? Like he could have easily just said, "Hey, just go pay my head coach and my GM. And I'm good." So I it's almost like the owner chose a side and then they're going to just talk to Kyler to see if he jumps on the train or not. And if he don't, it seems as though they may be willing to part ways, which is scary to do um, yeah. because like you said, like there, there what 20, 21 teams in quarterback purgatory to where they, they wish that they had a talented quarterback. So saying that I just want to get rid of this guy, that's a tough thing to do. So um, Kyler has leverage. And I think that, you have to pay them, right? Unless you can find a viable option. I know there were rumors about Deshaun Watson. I don't know how true those were. If you can swap out another high caliber quarterback for a high caliber quarterback and you don't feel like dealing with the headaches, then you can go for it. But where do you turn from here? I think I think that's the thing. Like Carson Wentz is a hot commodity right now, right? Like people are seeking Carson Wentz and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he didn't try to throw every interception he could possibly have. But that, that, <laughs> that lets you know where the quarterback market is right now. So, yeah. it's tough.
1: When you when you look at Kyler, you know, from 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 our perspective, obviously we're close to it, watching him play down the stretch, um he wasn't as as electric, wasn't as dominant as he was the first part of the season last year. When you watch that that playoff game, and I this is what I've said all the time about Kyler, he was shook. He was shook in that game. Like, I, I don't think that you can really debate that. What did you see from Kyler that might give you pause on giving him 40, 45, 50 mil a year? Because that's what I'm sure he's he's clamoring for right about now.
0: Yeah, i I seen a young guy that was shook too, but rightfully so, right? Like, this is his first NFL, if I'm not forgetting, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sorry, this is his first NFL playoff game. And, yeah. you know, we forget that they're humans. Like, they're regular people. Like, sometimes they stand on the field – And they see a 100,000 people just like we see a 100,000 people. And so, like, you know, of course he was nervous. I would say this too, though. I don't know if the Cardinals necessarily helped him out a whole lot as far as just putting the ball in his hands. Like, you have a young quarterback. Why not try to get the running game going? And watching that game uh, with the Rams, you've seen Sean McVay do that. Like, the the Rams made a concerted effort to run the football. He And you have an experienced quarterback in Matthew Staff who has playoff success I mean, we'll playoff experience, but Sean McVay still knew that, Hey, we have to run the football to get Matt Stafford comfortable um, because it's a lot of pressure. So I, I think philosophy wise, um, Kyler, he was obviously nervous and he had a couple boneheaded plays. Um, but I think he needs a run game like, and, and that's okay, right? That's okay to have a quarterback that needs a run game from time to time.
2: Absolutely. Um, more support of Kyler Murray, I think could come at receiver. And the Cardinals wisely avoided paying Christian Kirk ungodly generational wealth (laughs) like the Jacksonville Jaguars just did. So the Cardinals need uh, a new number two, not expected to re-sign A.J. Green. We'll see what they do in free agency. Who do you like as a potential target in the draft this year? Maybe that could be available pick 23 for the Cardinals.
0: Right. Um. So, a pick twenty-three is crazy, just how things go, right? Because week three of the season, there was no way in hell that the Cardinals was taking a wide receiver just because of the way that offense was humming. But yeah, you, know, you fast forward six, seven months. Um, the guy that I would have my eyes on and who I believe may be the best wide receiver in this draft is Jahan Dotson. Um, I think he's a really good number two guy. Like he's explosive. He can take the top off. Um, he plays every position for this Penn State offense and he's kind of flying under the radar for whatever reason right um but i think that's why he has a possibility to fall to the Cardinals so that, that i would definitely look at him i mean you have wide receivers like Jameson Williams um coming off ACL injury and what i would tell people is this like sports science has changed it has evolved he you know he tore his ACL and i believe that was January in the national championship game normal ACLs take anywhere from like 6 to 8 months so that's putting him at August so there's a possibility that you would have him ready for the season, you know, at least three, four years into the season. So I think that's a, I mean, three, four games into the season. I think he's a special talent though, Jameson Williams.
1: In your estimation in this year's draft class, what is stronger, offensive line or defensive line slash edge rushers? Ooh, man. Yeah. I would say.
0: We <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't want to
1: throw you the easy questions now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that was, that was tough. That was tough. Um, so I'm going to say this, it's probably defensive line edge rushers just because offensive line is top heavy, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when you have your Trevor Pennings, you have your Ike McWanus, you have your Evan Nils, um, Charles Cross. Is you? I think it's those four top guys, and it goes from basically like first-round grades to kind of – bottom, second, third round grades. Like it's not a big middle tier, but for edge rushers, I mean, I could probably roll off 15 names, you know, that you feel comfortable about um, getting an edge rusher, whether that be at the, you know, back end of the second round, middle of the second round, top of the second round, and all throughout the first round. So I I would say edge rushers.
2: I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, Cardinals Uh made their their lone move of free agency today, uh, Uh external signing that is, Uh, and the optics on it, Not great. Um, They signed former Minnesota Vikings first round pick of 2020, Jeff Gladney. If you remember, Jeff went to TCU, played his whole rookie season, was out last year, uh, was arrested and indicted on um, domestic assault, uh, was found not guilty earlier this month. Cardinals are bringing him in. Two-year deal. Do you remember scouting Jeff when you were at LSU? Do you remember the tape on him? Um, I, am only optimistic based on, you know, Mike Zimmer, defensive coach, he played a lot as a rookie. He's going to come in by and large with the Cardinals and, and be expected now to and compete for a top two cornerback job. Any insight on Jeff?
0: Yeah, so um, I remember scouting him towards, obviously I was at LSU, so I wasn't doing NFL scouting, but I remember scouting him going into the draft because that's just something we did at LSU. And I remember he was a talented player. Like some things he was a little bit raw in, but him going to the Vikings, like you said, with Mike Zimmer, I thought that he would be able to get the best out of him. And just what Mike Zimmer is known to do as far as developing defensive backs and also just putting together a good defense, um, the -the off-the-field issues kind of worry you a little bit. Yeah. you see these teams um, and they kind of go into the offseason with a theme, right? Every team does and it seems like the Cardinals is they're real hesitant to kind of go all in right now. Like they they're trying to just kind of pick their spots and you know try to get more value picks. I would say they're value shopping right now. Yeah. So um if you're able to put him in a new environment um Hopefully, you get the best out of him, and then you get a number two corner. I, mean, yeah. I remember he did have a lot of talent, but that's tough because, like you said, when you balance the off the field issues, and you know, I've heard Phoenix is a fun place from time to time. Because
1: <laughs> 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 you got because you got page in your ear, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: definitely what it is. I, I get um, I get a request to move to Phoenix probably once a week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know, real quick, you know, going back to that, you know, I I always say that teams are in their ethics right their teams and their ethics are only as faithful as their options right? right when you look at like a team like Philadelphia back in the day no quarterback desperate needed to find somebody to replace Michael Vick or I'm sorry uh Dominic McNabb they ended up going with Michael Vick um and he came with a lot of baggage obviously we all know Same thing's going on right now with Deshaun Watson. The teams that are desperate for Deshaun Watson are teams that are quarterback starved or at least feel like they're on the verge of being in quarterback purgatory. So like you got your Falcons, the Saints and stuff like that. Uh, When it comes to Gladney, you know, what kind of programs do you think these teams put together to try and help kind of curb um, not only the, the, the PR perspective, but to help the individual?
0: Right, so I know I, I can speak from college perspective and then just having a lot of scouts in the building. Obviously, we talked about character. Like, that was a number one thing, Um, you know, because they they always approached it like, hey, you know, y'all around these guys all the time, right? Like, they, they have school, they have structure. He's like, now, you know, when you go to the NFL, I'm about to hand a kid millions of dollars and only see him five months out the year. So he has seven months to do whatever the hell he wants to, right? So character is a big thing. And then just talking from LSU perspective, we had a player development staff and, and player development is a holistic approach um, to their life, right? That's, that's worrying about their finances. Um, you get to know that their parents, so you, you kind of understand what makes them tick and you understand like what's bringing out the worst version of them. Cause it could be um, attached to certain friends, right? Like friends that they don't, and you know, the old cliche is like, man, you got this money and then you changed. And then sometimes yeah. you have to tell those guys like, it was right that you changed. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're in a new environment. That's, that's natural as a human. Um, so that was some of the things we did. And then just, you were bringing other guest speakers too to sit these guys down, like, Hey, you know, you can go down this path and it can happen very fast to where you're out of the NFL and and you got to understand it. Like, so there's money and you on this, this path to success can easily get derailed. Right. So I, I think that that's the thing they have to really, um, you know, put their arms around him and get to know him as a person. And, you know, the NFL is a transactional business. But when you get into situations like this, you have to extend yourself. You can't treat this like a transactional business because you can lose out on your transaction if this guy gets in trouble again. So you just have to understand what you're getting into.
2: So, Keith, I need you to talk a lot of us off the ledge uh, as it relates oh, to ooh. the Car- the Cardinals first round pick last year. I'm a fan of Zayvon Collins, University of Tulsa, first round pick, pick 16 oh, last wow. year. Didn't play very
0: much. Uh, didn't play very much at all. Oh no. Oh no. Keith
1: first reaction.
0: Yeah, uh, because I don't know how much good news I'm gonna have for you. Get
2: hit me with it.
1: We're not a subjective
0: show.
2: What they're gonna they're gonna keep him an inside backer. I I asked Cliff Kingsbury this two weeks ago at the combine. They're not moving him to edge rusher. I thought he would have been a better edge rusher. They're gonna keep him at an inside backer with Isaiah Simmons. What is the state of this inside linebacking room right now? Because they, they get rid of Jordan Hicks, who two minutes right. later is with the Vikings now. No Chandler Jones now. A little dicey for the Cardinals defensively.
0: Yeah, so I, I would speak on Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. They, they were similar players in the sense of the fact that they were great athletes for their size, right? But every great athlete isn't a great football player. So that's when I watched the film, I need to know if you can – make plays that's conducive to playing this position, right? Like if you're, if you're at linebacker and you're making plays that would translate to you being a good corner, then I can't put you at linebacker, right? So when you watch the film of Zayvon Collins, he was a really good athlete and his splash plays were turnovers. But when I need you to play the run, come downhill, take on the offensive guard and shed, ta- shed blockers to make the tackle, I didn't see a lot of that. So I'm looking at this from the perspective of what being a film evaluator that Zayven Collins is exactly what he was at Tulsa, right? And the fact that you you have to develop him. So I think that's kind of knowing what you're getting into. But just expecting a guy, um, if he didn't do it in college, you think he's just going to get to the NFL at the highest caliber of football and then turn it on, you know, it, it's kind of, I, I don't know, why would you expect that, right? But Yeah, not I mean, realistic. Yeah, it's not realistic, but the development part, I mean, he can get better. And I would say that I had similar feelings towards Isaiah Simmons. I thought he was a really good athlete, but was a positionless player. But I would say this, that Isaiah Simmons took those steps this year. So it's all about development, getting the defensive coordinator, develop those guys. And um, and if they want it bad enough, a lot of it's going to come to their individual um wants as players. Keith, before we so, let you go, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I was about to say, I don't, I don't know if I told uh, Johnny off the ledge or not. I, I hope just Well, a, here's, no. the we get, here's, here's, here's the problem.
2: He's certainly problem giving it chicken pot. <laughs> we don't take enough players in this. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is an outlier, went to Clemson, national champion. We don't take enough players from the LSUs, the Ohio States, guys with floors of you just know what you're getting, really good starters, ready-made. We take guys like Zayvon Collins, Hassan Reddick once upon a time, T- temple guys mm-hmm. smaller school guys so when my man Saul wants to take this white out from North Dakota State or whatever <laughs> Christian they're- Watson they're- is good son I don't want that anymore <laughs> give me power five elite top prospects I just I can't deal with it anymore I'm numb to it now
0: it, yeah I, I understand that and, and that may be a philosophy and you know it's interesting hearing you say that because I've actually heard people say the opposite way that they don't want players from these big time programs because they feel like they're quote unquote pampered and they've already been I guess tapped out, right? They already you know what they're getting. But like you said, that kind of gives you a good floor. At least you know what you're getting instead of just opening a yeah. kind of surprise box and who knows.
2: Our best player went to Oklahoma was a Heisman trophy winner. That's that oh, just roll geez. with that. <laughs> That's
1: our best player. went to Northern Iowa, Johnny stop. <laughs>
2: Ask your question. Ask now. Nah. Nah.
1: <laughs> bring that bring that question back up, Leah. Uh, we got a question in the chat. That says, but how much is a rookie player's success at the NFL stalled by bad coaches? As a prior athlete, I found myself with coaches that have no idea how to position you for for success. How much is that prevalent, Keith?
0: A lot, and you know, to, to answer that, it, it's a lot. Like some, some, and it, it sounds crazy to say that some coaches may not know what they're doing or you know, even know how to get the best out of a player. But I always say this, coaching is teaching. And if you can't teach, you can't coach. Like it's one thing to get up to the whiteboard and be able to draw up a scheme, right? But that's drawing up schemes. That's that's simply drawing X's and O's and arrows. But can you teach your player how to do that? Can you teach your player how to to, uh, play the position? And some of the best coaches I've been around have been the best communicators. They know how to teach and they know how to communicate. And then they know that, how I get the best out of Saul may not be the how I get the best out of Johnny. So they know what makes you tick. And, and that's the yeah. thing that is, it's a real life approach to it. I think, and I'm sorry, I'm getting on my soapbox a little there bit, but when we get into the hiring process of coaches, we always try to find the best X's and O's guy. Like, man, he really, you know, he runs that 12 personnel a lot and that's really good. But it's like, that's but one thing, like you can find anybody to open a playbook and memorize a play, but it's like, how does he, um communicate that to the players and, and get them to buy in and, and develop those guys. So to answer this question, it's it's a good bit, man. It's a good bit.
2: Keith, we can't thank you so much for your whoa, whoa, time. Whoa, whoa,
1: today. I got one yeah. more question. Oh, okay. I, I have to ask this question because my guy went to LSU, he was in the program. I gotta, I gotta, you gotta give me a coach O story. Like you gotta give me something that oh, was kind of crazy about Coach O.
0: Uh I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't have a story right off the top of my head. Okay. I promise. All right. I, I Maybe next time. I Listen, Maybe to, next yeah, time. I, something may come to me and then I'll shoot you a text and I'll call you and then we can, we can talk about it. We can definitely talk. Off, to, off the record, there are
1: always the best stories anyway. So that's all right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's
0: where you, you get the best. You get the best information.
2: <laughs> Keith, we've been so fired up to have you on all week. We hope to do it again. Uh, Keith Sanchez, senior NFL draft analyst, 2019 Natty champion, former lead personnel for the LSU
0: football Tigers. Thanks so much for jumping on. Thanks brother. Appreciate it. Oh man. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. Y'all doing some good, good things over here.
1: I appreciate it. Cool.
0: Keith. Good stuff, man. In the
1: house, man. Love it,
0: man. That was fantastic. man.
1: Yeah. I I like how, you know, Keith, we ran into him at the combine um, and, uh, and, and, I had actually followed him on Twitter. He followed me back, but we never got to hook up. And then we got to the airport and we ran like into five him in the morning and we, we started chatting. It was like, yeah, it was five o'clock in the morning and it was, and he, you would think like, dude, I'm, Barely waking up, like don't talk to me right now, but he was cool as hell and uh, real cordial and was like, ah, I'd be happy to come on. And like one of my favorite guys already, man, I love him.
2: Well, one of the things I can com- can commend you on, Saul, people don't know in the chat is Saul's always looking to build relationships. We respect a lot of what the Draft Network does. Absolutely. Uh, Keith in particular, we hope to be able to give you those those kind of insights that we just can't give you. Uh, that those guys study the tape and grind it out to be able to give you the best possible product on this show so we can yeah. all get educated
1: and really uh, and really let, let's be honest like you know listen we're we're a two-man team right now and yeah we're gonna grow soon hopefully and we got frank in the fold you know we got three and um but but what i will say is is like we do our very best to try and scout and and break down film or whatever those guys that's all they do for 12 months of the year. Their 20 to 30 man team. That's all they do is break down film, break down prospects, travel around the country, take a look, talk to coaches. Like they're almost like an NFL level organization on the scouting, um, you know, uh, sphere. Um, And they get the access to be able to do a lot of these things as well because of what they have built at the draft network. And so you love to have good people on uh, to really share their knowledge and understand uh, what we bring to the table, what they bring to the table and how we can make it both work. It's uh pretty cool.
2: Absolutely. Uh NFL AZ Cardinals. We're going to get to dr- trashing Jordan Phillips here in a hot. Oh yes, but I,
1: absolutely. But
2: I, but I do want to remind everybody that teams have been selected for the biggest tournament of the year. There's only a few days left to join in the action before the first teams tip off on Thursday. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers a shot to bet just $5 on any team to win $200 in free bets. If they do, it's that simple. They win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops. Same game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. It's a call to action. Use that promo code PHNX, bet five bucks, and win $200 in free bets. 21 and over. Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1 800 next step. New customer only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right. So we teased the lead a little bit with our man Keith. Cardinals have made a move. They're bringing in former first round pick, the Minnesota Vikings, Jeff Gladney, out of the University, uh, Texas Christian University. Former first round pick. I want to bring that graphic up again, Leah, if we could. Gladney was, I wouldn't call him a standout in 2020, but look at those snaps logged. He had almost 1,000 snaps for a team that was on the verge of the playoffs with a defensive head coach that was they, – they were building their secondary, their cornerback position around him. It was because of the fact, Saul, that he got arrested and missed last year that they had to pivot and sign Patrick Peterson on a whim. This was the guy in their secondary. Um, not a perfect prospect, was just found not guilty of domestic violence earlier this month. So what did the Cardinals do? They came in. They, uh, according to multiple reports, had him over for a visit yesterday. So he's been in their building. They've gotten their hands on him. This was not done over the phone or via Zoom. They vetted him, and now they've secured him. Two-year deal, according to John Gambadaro. there was a ton of teams after him, including the L.A. Rams in your own division. This is going to be a move if if the -the off-the-field stuff, you know, we're not downplaying that. It's awful, Right. But if he can prove to have quality character with the Cardinals, this is a first round talent that you're getting a corner. This is somebody that's going to immediately plug and play in the starting lineup with Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy your initial reaction to the move.
1: oh man, you know with these things it's always a it's a conflict right like you you, 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 you battle the the personal side of things um you know you you, you appreciate the fact that you know, in life, sometimes people need second chances. Yeah. Um, and but you also understand the severity by what he did, and um, and and, and it, you can't you can't downplay that 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 you can't downplay that. Yeah. Um, if we're just talking football, um, I think it's a, a very smart, efficient signing. You're taking kind of a flyer on hoping that you know um, he can put the past behind him and you know redeem himself to a degree on the field. And give you, uh, you know, what he gave that first year in Minnesota. That's where mm-hmm. you're taking a gamble on. And I think these are the types of deals, character or not related, um, that the Cardinals will be seeking from this point forward. Like they're going to yes. take, they're going to take some chances. They are. Um, and I and I think Jeff Gladney basically gives you what Byron Murphy gives you. Um, mm-hmm. And if you Physical. can get that, and I think I think if you can get that, you're in really good shape because Byron Murphy is a good football player. And if you have more Byron Murphys, you're going to be all right. Um, so, so I, on a, from a football perspective, I'm, I'm happy with that decision from a a personal decision. It's still a conflict and, um, I don't know the details and I don't really, I don't, I'm not going to sit here. I will, I will tell you this. This is what I will not do. I will not sit here and not know what all the details were, not know what all the intricacies were, how this all unfolded, how this all went down and just assume one way or the other. I'm not going to do that. I, I will so, just sit there. The court of law said that he's not guilty. That doesn't mean he's a perfect guy. That doesn't mean he doesn't have to redeem himself, but I'm not going to judge the guy because I don't even know. I have no idea. So I'm just going to judge him as a football player because that's all I know.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the right decision. Um, certainly not clean slate and he'll, he'll have a press conference with the team. He'll be asked these questions. Um, Phoenix Suns 22 asks, will he be suspended by the NFL? maybe but he missed all of last year. He was found not guilty. Uh, the Vikings cut him. I mean, they had to, when you have to eat a first round pick after one year, that's about as bad as it gets for an NFL team. And they did not want to lose this, this young man. He was part of their future in their secondary that they have not replaced yet. Um, so I, if I had to guess maybe two games, but again, if, if, if I'm him and I say to the league, I was found not guilty. what On what grounds can you suspend me? Um, may, maybe there's just no appetite. The Cardinals signed him to a two-year deal. That tells you he's part of their future in the secondary. This is not a one-off flyer that happened in July or, or August just to kind of tread the water with um, during the season. This is, this is not a one-off. No, this is can... somebody that – this is a cornerstone piece potentially if the off-the-field stuff is what it is. It's awful – and if if he if he screws up again, it's certainly he'll be the Cardinals will cut him and that, that'll be his NFL career. Yeah. But if but, it, but if he go ahead.
1: The brilliance, the brilliance of the two-year deal is yeah. if he comes in year one and absolutely kills it. Just absolutely right. that's possible. Like, like he just absolutely does a great job on the field. Then you still got that second year to negotiate a longer term deal. Um, Under your own, you know, and you have more salary cap to play with next year. So it's it's a it's a brilliant move. I'm sure that that two year deal was not massive. Um, Yeah, we haven't seen the the numbers numbers on it yet. Um, But so, like, I think that's it's a smart signing. It's a it's a smart risk because, you know, like, listen, you didn't want to go after a big whale out there and free agency to, to, to come in at cornerback. You couldn't really afford that. So you needed to get somebody that gives you a lot of bang for your buck. And I think this yep. is what that's going to do. Plus you eliminate the fact that he can go to the Rams. He can go to the Niners. He can go to the Seahawks or anything like that within your division. So um, it helps you defensively. I think it's a smart move.
2: It is. Uh, he was cut for those of you who don't know. So it does not affect the Cardinals. What we think a very comp heavy off season into next year. Um, he's somebody I would imagine in 2020, the Cardinals probably loved, probably would have drafted him. Had he fallen to the second round in 2020, although they didn't have a second round pick. So he was never really an option for them. They took Isaiah Simmons in the top 10. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was, was traded away to the Cardinals for their second David Johnson. So I'm sure this was a player that they coveted and they looked at the tape with Minnesota. I'm sure they contacted Mike Zimmer and talked to him. And it just this is this is a move. This is the ultimate risk war emphasis on reward. This is a first round player. This is a I looked up a scouting reports last night, this morning. This is somebody that Lance Erling at NFL.com said Sidney Jones pre injury ball hawker, physical. Saul mentioned can do the corner blitz. Who does that sound like? Exactly what Saul described in Byron Murphy. Then you've got Marco Wilson in year two. Uh, this The Cardinals' secondary is young and athletic, and that doesn't behoove them from bringing back Robert Alford. It's the front seven that I'm concerned about.
1: Marco Wilson is going to have a major jump from year one to year two. Absolutely. I just I really believe that. I think Byron Murphy understands that he's on the cusp of mm-hmm. being a, a, a big-time player, and yes. I hope that he makes that Buddha Baker-style jump to being an mm-hmm. elite-level corner. Um, he's one of the most physical corners in the NFL, um, yep. And I think if he can, uh, you know, kind of finesse his technique a little bit more, he's going to be elite. He really will be. I, I truly mm-hmm. believe in Byron Murphy. Um, and that's, you know, that's the other thing, right? You see Byron Murphy and then you compare him to his, his counterpart, Christian Kirk, and you see their development. And I can see I can see the trajectory of Byron Murphy as opposed to the trajectory of Christian Kirk, where I felt like it was it was uh, kind of plateaued. plateau. So, yeah. and So I, I'm 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 comfortable I'm not like satisfied yet, but I'm I'm pretty comfortable with the Cardinals secondary right about now. I feel yep. confident in that group. Now, when we get to the linebackers and the front uh front four, mmm mm.
2: got, got what, some issues. Uh,
1: yeah. Speaking of front four, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. What's
2: let's that? Let's talk What's about transition.
1: Let's talk about that guy, huh?
2: You you take the lead. I don't, I'm upset. Jordan I don't Phillips.
1: Okay. Man, I just like, there's there's a lot of things to be said about how you handle yourself in mm-hmm. situations. And when you get paid a lot of money to play a sport and you don't really live up to that contract because you're always hurt, you're always banged up, you're out doing stuff that's causing yourself to miss time on the field. And then you want to bag on that team because you want to go back To where you had all that success, where it was all roses and sunshine, apparently, in Buffalo. Like, bro, that is so, so classless. It just is. Mm -hmm. It just is. Like, Jordan Phillips should be absolutely ashamed of himself for the way he just handled this entire thing. He did this to himself. Nobody did this to him. He did this to himself. And then he wanted to bag the Cardinals for it. Get the fuck out of here, dog. As Jordan says, he robbed
2: us. And then puts that caption. Um, well, what happened was he was a scheduled free agent. He was on a contract year, and he had nine and a half sacks in a contract year because he chose to work hard that year. And he came to Arizona for three seasons, two seasons. Uh, I can't even remember now. It blocked three. so much of that, I think, and proceeded to just wet the bed. Um, and he is so much God-given ability. When you're that big and can move that well as a big man, that's the difference between – many differences, but one in particular of an Aaron Donald who is just shredded six pack. No one works harder, right? You've, that's why you're an all time. Great. You've got the complete package. Jordan Phillips to me just came across as lazy. Somebody that just lived in the training room, got his money. Um Jordan Phillips think,
1: is the Walmart. Eric Swan is what he is.
2: <laughs> I think it's the reason now the Cardinals are very hesitant to pay a big money contract, especially on the defensive line. Maybe there's some value plays out there. Go find your, the next Corey Peters. Absolutely. But not J.J. Watt's kind of an outlier. He's hurt. He's always been hurt. That happened last year. We knew it was a possibility. They went out and signed Darius Philon from the Chargers once upon a time. He didn't even make it to the season. He got arrested outside of strip club. They gave him good money. And then they doubled down and went Jordan Phillips, and that was a disaster. This team will all continue to beat this drum on the defensive line saw so with you. They need to take a defensive tackle in the first or second round this year, assuming one is worth taking. They 100%. need to develop, they need to develop a 20 or 21 year old to come in and be an ass kicker alongside Watt and, and Zach Allen. Zach Allen's a nice, a nice player, hopefully a number two defensive lineman at some point. He's not a number one. Um, they they need to stay away from this market, is not it has not treated them well. It
1: just hasn't. Listen, uh, I'm okay with a prove-it-one-year deal. If they can yeah. find a guy for a prove-it-one-year deal, even if the guy flops, at least it's only one year he's gone. That's yeah. the problem with the Jordan Phillips signing. It was a three, three years of nothing. Three years of nothing. Three years of nothing but hope that he yeah. would be something or do something. It's like that meme, the, the stick, where the guy's like, come on, do something. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly what this was. We all hoped that Jordan Phillips would do anything, and the biggest thing Jordan Phillips did was give a big, giant middle finger to this entire organization and its fan base on the way out the door, you classics, fuck.
2: Terrible. Terrible, Sorry. lazy, slob, slob kebab. Uh, <laughs> not good, not slob good. Kebab. Slob kebab. Somebody uh,
1: said a Walgreens version of Kim and I just about laughed.
2: Oh man, you hate to see it, but you love to see it at the same time. I want to remind everybody children five, five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The best vaccine is the best we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or even dying from the disease. It's safe-free and highly effective. And COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov/slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you. I thought where you were going at the beginning of that last segment, was to talk about Chandler Jones' departure. Um, I'm not happy about it. I would have re-signed him. Um, he leaves. He goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. Three years, over $50 million. Your initial reaction to that? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was funny.
1: Listen, man. you think I care about Chandler Jones getting basically 12 and a half a year? I want to know how much is guaranteed. I haven't seen that yet.
2: We have not, we don't have those numbers yet. No, I would imagine. That's
1: that's the thing. That's the other thing. Because if you sit there and tell me that Chandler Jones signed a four year, $51 million deal. Cool. Cool. Awesome. But if then you tell me he only got like 10 mil guaranteed. (laughs) Yeah. That's you're lucky. If you see that you're not seeing, he's not seeing 51. There's just no way you're the Raiders might cut him after year one.
2: You're down on him more than most. I would say. Dude, you're, a you're talking 12 and a, and a half
1: million deal. a year. You think he's worth that? Oh, yeah. For,
2: oh, for no. double-digit sacks? <laughs> That's a mil sack. That's fine. I'll pay 20 oh, mil. I'll pay 20 mil for, for 20 sacks? That's
1: Well, yeah. yeah. I Ooh. think everybody would pay 20 mil for 20 sacks, but we didn't get 20 sacks. Now, did we, Johnny?
2: Espo is saying, uh, he just texted me, the guaranteed money is $34 million.
1: 17, uh, 17 and half, really. Oh my god. Oh, the Raiders got fleeced. Oh my god. 34. Oh. oh my god. Chandler, you fucking go, son. Hell yeah. 34 mil Raiders. Are have... you stupid? Oh, <laughs> well, they, damn. Have, they, have,
2: they have that owner with a book cut. Um, for a reason. Oh
1: my god. Um, oh, shit. Oh, it's a three year right? deal? I thought it was a four year deal.
2: No, it's they they've the first year was like or that last year was like a phantom year, so it's been whittled down to three.
1: Um, two five and thirty four guaranteed. Oh my God, Chandler, you know what? I I fucking had this wrong. I like you. I like you a lot. Like, go get your fucking money. Hey, if any team is out there wanting to pay thirty four million dollars to Chandler Jones, let them. Let him von,
2: von Miller just signed with the Buffalo Bills. That's a huge loss to the LA Rams. Um, Cardinals still without a pass rush. Uh, with all 17,
1: That means it was 17 and a half, Johnny. You still paying 17 and a half for Chandler Jones? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Johnny, are you get just who's who? rushing the passer for them? Who? I don't care if you rush the passer. We're not doing 17 and a half, man. Not for that.
2: Uh, Von Miller to the AFC, Chandler Jones. Get all the good players to the AFC. Zadarius yeah, Smith,
1: about
2: that. Zadarius Smith. Uh, Baltimore Raven, Von Miller, Buffalo Bill. Wow. Uh, the Cardinals did have a press conference today with Dennis Gardeck. Um, if that will whet anybody's appetite. Bleh, uh, with all, hey, I love Gardeck. Special teamer, hey, depth hey. guy. I'm sorry. That was over hey, the come line. Come man. I, I like That's
1: not a Gardeck. That was, Listen, that was Dennis Gardeck does not deserve your disrespect. He busts his ass out there on the field. He might not be an elite level player, but he's a good player and we're not going to disrespect good players. Just the ones that are on their way out the door.
2: Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Chandler Jones. We will miss... I will miss you when you're, you know, lighting up the likes of the AFC West. God, Russell Wilson can't just escape Chandler Jones to save his life, can he? Poor guy. Um, Okay, so... The Cardinals have a huge glaring need. I I don't want to gloss over the fact they re signed Max Williams, one year contract. I feel like
1: good signing. Yeah.
2: And he wanted to come back. And I feel like anytime you tell Michael Bidwell, like, I will come back and play for the Cardinals, Michael Bidwell will re sign you. I just feel like he wants people that want to be Cardinals. And of course, that's, that's, you know, a good mantra, assuming you don't ask for generational money. Uh, People are saying Vaughn got six years for $120 million. Are we? (laughs) Is that, that's not real.
1: No, no, that can't be. That can't possibly be real.
2: Yes, they just they said uh, six years, one hundred twenty million. Now we need to see the guarantees. But holy shit, Um, (laughs) Cardinals won't be Cardinals won't be playing in this edge market. They they just won't.
1: Why would they? Let them all do it. Let them all just spend like crazy and go belly up. Like first of all, where did the bills get all this money all of a sudden like they're throwing it at Von Miller who will get you like 10 sacks next season because he doesn't like the cold uh, not well he doesn't like the Buffalo cold let me tell you that much yeah. Denver cold and Buffalo cold are two different colds let me tell you mm-hmm. uh, second uh, now they're building like a four billion dollar stadium or some shit out in Buffalo like where yeah they put this by Niagara Falls Jesus no idea
2: that is um, it's a lot of 120
1: lot of oh my god so yeah, confirmed six year one, deal for 120 for Von Miller. Oh my God. All right. So here's the does, does anybody in the chat, does anybody in the chat think that Chandler Jones and his deal and Von Miller and his deal are worth it and wish that the Cardinals would have paid that to keep either one? Does anybody? Well, chat Vaughn, think
2: Vaughn, that? I think Chandler's better than Von Miller, but
1: uh, I, I would probably say they're about the same. Yeah.
2: You think so? Okay. Um, Oh so they re-signed, they re-signed Max Williams. They have not done anything else. Um, fans are frustrated. Uh, I think that at this point, I put this on Twitter. Let me get your thought on this. And I forgot about defensive tackle when I did it. Full transparency. I think the two biggest needs on this team are a premier edge rusher and a number two corner. What What are your thoughts on that? Premier edge rusher number two corner or number two receiver. I'm sorry. I was like, dude, premier. we just
1: got a number two corner. Yeah. What are you talking about?
2: Premier yeah. edge rusher, number two receiver.
1: I, I'm, I, I'm going to go back to this well over and over again. Uh, they need a premier edge rusher and they need a defensive tackle. Okay. Like I, they just, we need to shore up the defensive line. I am tired of watching butt ass running backs. Like the Rams have go for five to seven yards of pop in the playoffs or during the end of the season. Like we got to stop that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It all started with Dalvin cook in like week two or three um, at home. And it just never stopped the entire season. Teams were just running rough shot basically all year long because we didn't have dudes to plug up those holes. Cleveland was a different story. I thought they played very well at Cleveland, but the run was a problem all year. We need Mm a, we need a, a run stopping defensive tackle. Please, 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 please. And then we needed a, an edge rusher. I actually think that you can manufacture pressure from time to time, obviously, and Vance Joseph tries to do that. But, um, man, I, I just I think the defensive tackle is actually more of a priority than the edge rusher. I know everybody wants the edge rusher. They want to put pressure on the quarterback. They want to see sacks, blah, blah, blah. But if you keep getting your freaking teeth knocked in every single Sunday by the run, you, it doesn't matter how how good your edge rushers are because – can't stop the run. So teams are just going to run all day.
2: And Chandler Jones was his diminishing player against everything, but generating a pass rush. Uh, And you could make an argument as Saul has had many, many times on this show, on this program that in the biggest of games, he did not show up. And so if you, if you think of it based on that and the fact that he had five sacks in his first game, and then subsequently had like six and a half, seven sacks the rest of the season over the course of the next 16 games, I think, I think that the biggest concern for me is just going into next season without a sure thing. They have they have two premier picks that they could add an edge rusher. Um, there there are some depth guys in free agency. Nobody of note. Somebody like Melvin Ingram or Justin Houston, Jadavion Clowney. Clowney's a great run defender, um, but he's not a pass rusher uh, anymore. So uh, they could make a trade. Everson Griffin, although I I don't know why the Vikings would trade him. We'll see what Steve Keim does. He has been uncharacteristically quiet, which is not his thing. This first week of free agency, usually he's guns a-blazin' with moves, transactions, not even huge contracts, but acquisitions. And, and this week has been about, outside of Jeff Gladney, which I feel like is a special circumstance, they have been about cutting players and re-signing their own. They're, they are on uh, track right now to get three comp picks, a third, a fifth, and a sixth. Um, real quick with Chandler Jones because he's a ten-year vested veteran. The comp pick's only a shitty fifth-round pick, so that was disappointing. But there, this just feels like an off-season where they're just going to play their cards close to their vest and and look to
1: dumpster dive. Listen, Johnny, let me let me let me talk to you for a second there, son. Okay, what um, have we been doing? Have we not listen, been we have a team that went eleven and six during the regular season mm-hmm. and then got blown up in the playoffs. Yeah. I understand that the second part of the year things kind of fell apart okay but you're hoping you're hoping if you're the cardinals that the former rather than the later was more of who you are the 10 and 2 team was more reflective than the 1 and 5 team down the stretch okay mm-hmm. that's what you're hoping for and mm-hmm. i i think that if if all things considered and everybody's healthy that is what you have yeah. So you need to add pieces to this team that make sense that don't put you in in some kind of cap casualty because you got a lot of money to free up and you'll have a lot of money in the cap next year to be able to add some some maybe higher end pieces and mm-hmm. there'll be better players possibly open on the market. Yeah. So you got you got to play this smart and I know everybody wants to win a championship every single year but again I'm going to keep telling you, Michael Bidwell wants to win a championship. Okay. I don't think. I don't think that's debatable. I think I think everybody agrees with that. You know, they mm-hmm. they keep swinging for fences every now and then. That tells you that there's still an interest in being elite. Um but at the end of the day, what you don't want to do is be a 6 and 11 team yeah. or a 5 and 12 team. You at the worst you got to be 8 9, 9, and 8 to keep everybody's interest with the team and to keep the thing moving in a positive direction. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to do this and then if they see an opportunity to take to make it big time and make a a big move that makes sense fiscally for this team and moves the needle a little bit they will Julio Jones right now and let's go and get into it Julio Jones right now I don't know if there's a player out there right now with anybody that I look at and I'm like That seems like a logical fit because D-Hop said he would have maneuvered his contract just to get Julio a season or two ago. Um, We just brought in battle-tested old man Green who doesn't know how to turn around last year. Um, And I think Julio Jones would be a slight upgrade over um, A.J. Green. Plus, people love the Valley. Why not? It makes sense.
2: Uh, it I makes am, sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record and say no to Julio Jones.
1: Julio Jones is on the downward end of his career. I don't think he has a lot left in the tank. But no. if you're talking about one more year, that's what they did with AJ Green.
2: Yeah, but look what how that how that ended. He started off the season well, and then he was on fumes. And at least for AJ Green, I mean, he was healthy and he played. Julio Jones, you're gonna be investing money very similar to Jordan Phillips to a guy who's never healthy, uh, who misses too much time uh rafa in the chat i would much rather allocate funds to somebody under 30 years old like an Allen robinson um the problem with this organization i don't want juju i don't like i'm gonna be just an old 34 year old man i don't like the tiktok stuff i don't think he's all in on football oh
1: my um, God. i
2: think he's I that's think he's too why much of a, i think he's too much of a me guy and i think his rookie year was an outlier i don't think he's any good um i don't like these free agent receivers very much i i, I like this draft class more the problem with this organization is they have not shown an ability to draft receivers at a high level. Um, they're fine. Like any of these guys on a one year deal, fine, whatever. Um, but I wouldn't invest too much money. Robinson's probably the only one that strikes my interest of like a two or three year deal, but he better sign quickly. I mean, the money's going to dry up here pretty soon um, for a lot of these teams. They're, they're going to, they're going to wait this out. Trent Balkey in Jacksonville Skewed the market so much that a lot of these teams are just saying we're not gonna mess with the receiver market. So um
1: Julio Jones and AJ Green are actually the same age. I did not know that. Somebody pointed it yeah, out in the chat. They're, oh, they're old, they're old dudes. But Julio Jones in the last couple of years has been injury riddled. So you think mm-hmm. yeah, maybe he doesn't have as much wear on the tires, but he did so much of that what five, six, seven year stretch that you know he's it's probably over for him.
2: It is. Um Cardinals. This is this is an off season. We're gonna judge it at face value. They are accumulating comp picks and they are calculated. Um and right Please, now You know what?
1: I just hope the Cardinals make a move because I just feel like you're on the verge of just no, absolutely going into a shell for negative. the rest of the no, summer. I'm not and you're neg- just gonna be super sad and depressed. And like, you look at you, you're a mess right now. Like, you just don't want, you're like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we're in the hole again. Well, Back they're not to they're a worse like, team on yeah.
2: paper right now than they were last year. That can't but it's be disputed. So
1: early still. Know, you're still working but I, on things. I'm judging
2: you on face value. You are worse than last year. And here's what else that pisses me off. If this team had a track record of drafting well and playing the rookies right away, we feel infinitely different. They are a poor drafting team that can't be disputed. They do not play their rookies for the most part. So as we get closer to the draft and these, these holes are more apparent. Like I don't trust them until they prove otherwise they've hit on Kyler Murray and Buda Baker as their only pro bowl players of the last like three or four years. That's it. So I, I I have to see a change philosophically. Maybe this is the start of it. Maybe they're trying to accumulate more draft picks. Maybe they got a trade in mind. Uh, People are knocking on me because of the TikTok thing. That was semi tongue in cheek. Like I I would not not sign him because of the TikTok thing. I just think he's kind of a little bit of a jagweed. I just don't. I don't think he's that good. And I think all the extra stuff. Yeah, you just kind of like a little bit too much for my taste. I like I, I. want somebody who. I don't is, want my
1: guys to come out here and just play hard. That's all I want. I want them just go
0: go 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 go. Do we go. want? Do we want
2: who? Juju Smith with all of his off the field distractions via technology and electronics to go with he's, Kyler? He's, Kyler likes video Johnny, games. I don't. Johnny, I'm not into
1: that. What? Johnny, he's a normal what? fucking guy. He's Johnny, a normal Johnny. guy.
2: They need live stream. Uh, a locker room deal. <laughs> Johnny is negative because, the, yeah, that's true. That's true. I am negative. I'm scorned and I'm scarred from prior draft classes. Juju's fine. They signed Juju tomorrow. I'll, I'll look up all the Juju highlights and we'll I be good. I don't
1: want nobody because they're on TikTok. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just as long talks. as PHNX doesn't ask me to do another TikTok. Uh, I want to <laughs> remind everybody. Check out gophnx.com. We've got phenomenal content as we approach the NCAA tournament. Back in the right, A. baby. Mr. Bookman and Mr. Iron Mike Luke of PHNX Wildcats will be in San Diego for the NCAA tournament. You want to make sure you're locked in. Go PHNX, PHNX Sports on Twitter. I'm going to be locked in. Are you leaving tomorrow or are you leaving Friday?
1: Leaving tomorrow morning, super early.
2: All right. So I... Me and Frank, the great Frank Sanders, makes his return tomorrow. We're going to dive into all of this stuff. get Frank's take and opinion. Oh, Zolt Frank has
1: been it. Frank has been itching to give Chomping. some 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 opinions on these topics for sure.
2: Chomping at the bit. Maybe we'll get breaking news between now and then. Probably not. The way this weekend week has gone, uh, I feel like get your opinion on this quickly and then we can go. This Deshaun Watson thing is holding everything up. I feel like all the moves. Everything with, like, they're saying the Saints and the Falcons, everybody's waiting for Deshaun to make his decision, and then everybody's going to decide where they're going to go. Do you think there's some truth to that?
1: Uh, I mean, no, not really. Okay. All right. I'm just shit
2: all over my point then as we end the show. Mean, Full, Fuller,
1: Fuller, I know the rumor is, like, Fuller um, wants to team back Ar- up with.
2: Armstead, yeah, the tackle, may not go back to the Saints unless Watson's there. The Falcons are trying to bring in a bunch of receiver help. This quarterback market is going to be interesting. If you're a Cardinal fan, you should want Deshaun to end up with the Falcons because that muddies the waters further for the 49ers to get anything for Jimmy Garoppolo because suddenly now Baker Mayfield's available, Matt Ryan would be available. Um, If he goes to the Saints, it clears the pathway for Jimmy to go to Cleveland. Um, I just want the Niners to kind of be held. Hostage by Jimmy and this whole thing. I think it's like low key hilarious, but supposedly we should have an answer from Deshaun here in the next 24 hours.
1: Yeah, right here.
2: Pretty wild. Keep us in mind when you like, subscribe, join our family at PHNX. GoPHNX.com. Leave us a five star review wherever you, you get your podcast. Loved having our guy, Keith Sanchez, on. We will be back tomorrow, 4 p.m., myself and Cardinal Great, Frank Sanders. Saul, so safe travels, my guy.
1: Appreciate you.